You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup, and it is on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. I'm Neil Pickup, and if you're just joining us, you've missed 33 episodes. Where the f- have you been? Nah, God bless you, I'm only joking. We're happy to have anyone and everyone tuning into the show, and I hope you're all well. But let's get back to the matter in hand. As I remember thinking to myself that time the wife was away and the internet was still buffering, I imagine everybody's wondering who is going to be joining me on tonight's show. Well... As I'm sure many of you know, WL standout at the heavyweight division, Devon Larratt, has been globetrotting as always recently. And I managed to catch up with the man from Canada just before his latest trip to Taiwan. Ladies and gents, I guess on tonight's show is No Limits, Devon Larratt. Ladies and gents, guess who's back in the mother fluffing house? It's No Limits, Devon Larratt, live and direct from Canada. Well, I say live. We'll say it's live. It's probably about three weeks ago. I've <laughs> <laughs> probably got a couple in the can. So, <clears throat> but you've just been, uh, you've just, firstly, hello, Devon. Hey, buddy. How you oh, been? Mate. How's it going? It's going very, very good. Lovely darts. Now then, you've just been uh, on one of your massive walks. Yeah. You walked across, was it across Brazil? I was in Sao Paulo, and what a great time to go, because it is minus 24 Celsius here in Canada today, and Sao Paulo's oh. a nice change. Mate, I'd be down to 10 inches in that weather. <laughs> <sighs> you know what I'm saying? That's, uh, you chose the wrong career, Neil. Well, yeah, I had the name picked out and everything. Neil Down. You know, I figured like uh, yeah. I had some supporters, people that would have backed me while I, you know, backed women. So anyway, it, it didn't work out. mate. <laughs> hey, it's never too late. Look at Hedgehog. He's fat and gross and he still gets the job done. That's a very I, good point. Yeah, he's pretty. I mean, he was a lot hairier than me as well. Yeah, you're good, man. Don't give up on your dreams. There's an arm wrestler in Germany called Marcus Ash, I think his last name is. Right. And he's, he's a professional porn producer. You should give him a call. I may well do that. Yeah. I may well get into, um, you know, I think my wife and my mother probably be a little bit against it. You know? Well, how did you show up? Well, you know, there's always a, there's always a counter. Now, why, why do these interviews always take a turn for the worst? I don't know. This has happened quite a bit because the last one, we were on the guy, Feed Me Grapes, baby. Right. Exactly. Down that road. And since then, I'm, you know, I'm probably top subscriber. So, <laughs> yeah. Right, you got to right. be careful where these things go. Anyway, yeah. back to Brazil. So, Brazil wasn't minus 24. I really love Brazil. So, um, you know, you always watch Brazil. 
the the key athletes for me when I think Brazil, I think obviously Gabriela Vasconcelos. Mm-hmm. I think Wagner Bortolotto, and I think Chris Regain. So, so you are now going on record as stating that Marcio Barbosa is an American in your oh, eyes. Oh yeah, like years ago. I mean, Marcio uh, was a Brazilian. How can you? I mean. He's an American now, I, I think. I mean, yes, obviously Brazilian heritage, his roots are in Brazil, but I feel like a great match is uh, him to go back to Brazil and arm wrestle Wagner left-handed. I'd like to see that match. That is a, there is no doubt about it. That's an interesting match. Yeah, actually, but it was so cool because um, Brazil is very interesting, uh, you know, having been there now and getting to kind of witness the culture of it. There's a lot of really good arm wrestlers in Brazil that are just underneath the radar for, I think, most international pullers. Yeah. Because they don't get out that much. They, they don't have a really well-developed infrastructure for arm wrestling. So you, you pretty much only see them when they come out of the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head in that they sort of like, they're, I'm not going to say they're secular, but they've got their yeah. own little thing going on. Even yeah. their own little, you know, little... The, you see bits and bobs on YouTube. They've got their own little leagues going on and things like that. And now and again, you get a snapshot of some of the more talented people over there. I mean, we have guys maybe familiar with uh, Eduardo Tete, yeah, uh, who's been out and about and rock strong hook. And, I mean, always have. Uh, I heard he's in USA now as well. Really? I didn't know I, that. Yeah. I am informed. Okay. Yeah, I asked about him. And they they told me that he was in somewhere in USA, and they didn't know, but he, I I understood he he'd been there for a, around a year already. So yeah, he might beneficial if Eduardo starts to speak English. I think that'll you know up his mm-hmm. stock tremendously in terms of because let's be honest, he's always been there or thereabouts in terms of that that if if you you hit the hook with that guy, you know you're in a match if you're around the you know, 165 or 75 kilos, anywhere up to probably 85 kilos. He is a very strong man. Yeah, I think that that's consistent with a lot of the Brazilians. I felt like a lot of their upper-end pullers are really physically gifted. And you can tell just by looking at them, like the upper-end Brazilian guys are all just chiseled. Um, yeah, if they lack anything, it's, uh, you know, the really refined... Uh, technique side of things, but in terms of raw physicality, they're they're really exceptional. Nobody sort of illustrates that more clearly than the man you faced last yeah. time, Wagner yeah. Bortolato. I mean, right. uh, Wagner's just like a giant blacksmith with a yeah. headache. I mean, he's yeah. just a nut job. I absolutely love him. He's yeah, just the too. nicest bloke in the world, and it's so exciting. I, you know, just- I would. I'd like to see him have a big year next year. I think he's very capable of doing a ton of matches. I think that everybody wants to see because he is so his energy is like it's so awesome just to yeah. watch him. Right? Like and it's infectious. Everybody. It, I mean, we've had so many messages after the match. Everybody yeah. wants to see Wagner pull again. You yeah. Know, everybody yeah. gets that. They really. They really loved him. I mean, I don't think Brazil could have had a better outing, really, than the two. Uh, and I'm not sort of downing on any of the athletes from Brazil that have pulled previously. And as, as I say, I'm not really counting Marcio in that because yeah. he's uh, part American. You but- know, I, I hope that WAL keeps the uh, the left-hand series at least somewhat alive 
for guys like him because his right hand actually is it's not as good as his left he's had some nerve damage that he's not quite at a super elite level yet in my opinion but to to miss him like you can't not have him in the series yeah it'd be an absolute travesty i mean he's got so much so much to offer yeah and obviously he matches well with a lot of guys. I mean, you can yeah, pick really, matches for him yeah. really, really easy. Not necessarily the case for the other breakout superstar in Atlanta, Gabriela Iron Angel Vasconcelos. Um, you know, I, I mean, talk about one of your favorite arm wrestlers. I mean, for so many reasons, I'd move her in my house. Again, <laughs> not, Maybe not. Be a movie star. <laughs> Love her. Love that girl. We should leave that. But anyway, <laughs> probably leave that. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Gabriella um, just dominated. I mean, and then she's gone to the World Championship. She went over to Romania and just lit the fuse again over there. I think that's now 30-time world champion. 30 times. 30 it's times. Unbelievable. I mean, that's ridiculous. That girl is so uh, comfortable just crushing her peer group. She really is. is. Yeah. Yeah, really really dominant and still so young like she could have 60 WAF world championships yeah she started as a puppy i think actually um i think she was i want to say she was only just out of the juniors when she pulled in 2006 i feel like uh, she was 15 i think i heard she was 15 or something i th- i was going to guess 18 when she was in manchester 2006 but i know she sort of exploded onto the senior stage around that time, and everybody's like, wow, who the hell is this girl? Just running over people with that top-end strength that she has. But the, the, the issue for Gabriella going forward is probably more, who do you match you with? There's a, there's a sort of uh, very narrow band, uh, you know, people like Voronina maybe. I'd love to get Eglevet Kute. I, I mean, the dream match is Macchieda coming out of retirement, but... Um, Irina and myself have been in contact and she's got various injury issues right now, hence the, the current state of retirement, but she's interested to come out of retirement if she can move past those next year, so yeah, that would be uh, that would be a hell of a match and that would certainly pique interest but you, you pulled some of the other top Brazilians while you were out there, mate, I think um, how many guys did you did you actually pull competitively, sort of in a real match over there, was it just a one? Um, yeah, I mean the only time anybody ever said go was with Tiago, but I arm wrestled like everybody I could the entire time I was there in practice. And uh, yeah, I really got to feel a lot of hands. And this was your first time in Brazil, yeah? First time in South America. Oh, really? Okie dokie. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Like you say, you, you've had the opportunity to travel around a lot of the lesser-known or emerging nations. Brazil is certainly not an emerging nation in the sport of arm wrestling, but it is lesser-known. Um, and, and on occasion, they've shown up at World Championships with a truly colossal team. You know, Umberto has shown up with 60, 70 athletes, you know, and many of them right in the mix. They've always had that underlying theme of, of powerhouse pullers over there. As you say, not necessarily the most technical team in the world, but in terms of physical prowess, uh, they certainly don't seem to be lacking uh, that at all. And you spoke to me the other day about Chris uh, Regina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd love to see her back in the mix. Uh, I think that she's one of the most entertaining athletes that uh, that there is. So if we can pull her in, I mean, I feel like I everything that every match she's ever in, I'm watching. Yeah, and usually alongside about three million other people on YouTube. That that is, uh, she's like a viral clip waiting to happen. You know, every time, every and single time. Imagine if you you matched her. You match Chris with Nancy Locke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I Nancy Locke for sure is probably your best pick. Or if you can just do a rematch with Michelle, uh, Michelle Smart. I mean, either way, her, I think she matches up with a lot of the women very well because I don't think that she's overbearingly strong, um, but I think her fighting spirit uh, and her technical broadness puts her in just about any match. Yeah, and she's got, I mean, obviously you've met Chris. She's got real weapons. I mean, big hands, long forearm. Uh, she's pretty uh, complete in, in terms of the game. I've seen her in a lot of positions. Uh, sounded a little bit on the gray side of dodgy there, but I mean, at the arm wrestling table. We'll just clarify that. And um, to be honest, Chris is a lady that I think a lot of people will identify with as soon as she, she was obviously pretty well known in the UAL at the time. She's been a mainstay of the world arm wrestling federation championships. And I don't know how many times world champion, but she's certainly a, a lady that's always been on the podium there without a doubt, you know, so super, a lot of options there. Super awesome. Yeah. And also probably give an opportunity to, uh, to feature some of the other Swedes and, the exciting Russian talent that we'd like to get in there. I mean, they, you think about it with World Arm Wrestling League, Russia and Georgia, untapped at this stage. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, well, Georgia, wow, so yeah. many top pullers over there. But even in your class, I mean, the guy that we spoke about, probably people may have seen um, the clip, the last clip that we did for the sort of visual podcast while we were out in Atlanta. And uh, I think myself, you and Mike all went for Gennady Kvitvina. And, how, and, can oh, oh. how can you not go for Gennady Kvitvina? Gennady Kvitvina, for me, is another one of those must-haves, just like Wagner. Like, he's like, you, you, you must have him in the league. And the, the interesting thing is I'm in conversation with Gennady right now. He is very, very keen to appear in World Arm Wrestling League next season. Um, so watch this space. Quick Vigna, 300 pounds of knee-sliding madness oh, coming man. to World Arm Wrestling League. You can't beat that. And he said to me that he would love a rematch with Chafee, wants to get revenge on Chafee. I was actually speaking to Zaza, one of his teammates, only today. Uh, and he was telling me that. you know, he, and, and he made a claim, and this will pique the interest. Get this. Zaza said that in his opinion right now, he thinks that Quick Vigna would take out the beast. Everybody talks about Levan Saganashvili. He thinks that Quickvinia could beat him right now based on watching the two men train. I don't know how much of that's reality or how much is myth and legend, but if he's anywhere near that strong, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gennady Gennady has beat him, right? He's got gold medals over top of him, so there's no, no reason why that can't be a reality. Would be an exciting addition to the league without a shadow of a doubt. So talk to me more about these Brazilian guys, mate. Who who did you spot on your travels over there? Who you uh, who else do you think would make a good addition to the World Arm Wrestling League? There's a a young guy, um, lightweight, 
his name's Gabriel. I think his last name's Custler. Gabriel yeah. Custler. Uh, I know the kid you mean. Really athletic looking lad. Yeah, good looking kid. Mm -hmm. um, he pops up into the States from time to time to compete. He's quite technically versatile, uh, very strong. Um, I think he checks all the boxes. Uh, yeah, and, and he's had good success. Like, he's got a great track record. He thinks he can hang with uh, Hale and uh, Harris. And I, I think he's definitely worth bringing in and seeing. He's, he's young. He's got a bright future. Yeah. He didn't happen to mention that he believed he could beat the crap out of Rob Bidgen Jr., did he? Because everybody else can, clearly. Well, everybody says that. I, everybody in the world. What's going on at the moment? Yeah, that's pretty much an arm wrestler introduction. Hey, how you doing? Oh, by the way, I'm uh, next in line to crush RVJ. Everybody. And they all like, you know, we are back. I mean, we had four guys on here the other week. Since then. It's lit up. In fact, funnily enough, this will give you that reality check in terms of time, ladies and gents. It went off today on social media with um, Philip, guy, the, the guy that, uh, that you actually talked about to wind up Rob Bidgeon while we were in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very interesting, like different champions. There's some champions out there that nobody wants to arm wrestle. And, yeah. you know, that's not the case with RVJ. No, RBJ, everybody wants a piece of him. Yeah. You know, people talking about coming across weight classes to get at him. Yeah. We had Ryan Bowen on here, obviously, last week. Actually, um, magnificent. as a matter of fact, Neil, <clears throat> I think I could beat RBJ if I went to 200 pounds. If you went to 200 pounds, mate, I'm not sure you could beat anybody. I will straight up crack RBJ. Listen, I don't want, like, let's just talk about RBJ and how I can beat him. Because that's really... How about you? What? Do I think I could... Well, it goes without saying. If I, you oh, know, if I was, like, really good at arm wrestling, got back into training, uh, suddenly became, you know, immeasurably strong at middleweight, I'm sure, I have no doubt that I would just leather him. Hey, Jody! Hey, if you had a sex change and went up to 200 pounds, could you beat RVJ? Maybe if I ever trained for arm wrestling. So that's a yes. That's a yes. And my cat... Just yeah. came in, and I'm not sure that he has any idea what we're talking about, but he seemed to nod. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's really great position for Rob. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really hard. Like I see all the the uh, people who are challenging him. I think that there are. I think there's a lot of good matches for Rob because oh, because on hype alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that the the main door that rob opens for people is he's he normally in the first round kind of feels up it takes rob a while to wake up you know yeah everybody can have a shot at rob in round one because yeah. he usually doesn't do anything at all and lets you win or if yeah. you're i mean I, i've seen so many guys crack him in the first round it's that second start that's the real test of manhood with rob yeah it's like our, Rob doesn't really wake up until he takes one on the chin or gets pushed into the ropes. And then it's like, oh, my God, I actually have to try. And then he starts to try. And then most people realize that they're not quite in that league. So money where your mouth is. Yeah. This is the one, right? We've all been talking about. And then we'll go on to something else in this same environment. But everybody's been talking in this last couple of weeks about Ryan Bowen. We had Ryan on the show. We had Rob on the show. A couple of weeks, 
back to back where they went at it. And you've got a pretty interesting opinion on this one, mate. Who have you got? Let people know. Well, okay. So first, let me just say that I really love both these guys, and they're quite different athletes. Uh, I'll tell you, RVJ matches up great, like, with just about everybody. Problem is, is the rule set and um, the ability to get to the strap, it doesn't really help RVJ. RVJ's main tools are, if you're outside of the strap with RVJ, most guys are in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really top roll RVJ that easily, and mm-hmm. to get a hook on him is also very difficult. But <clears throat> because RVJ has been so good in this manner, he's just been a little... Now, I know he's embracing the strap a little bit more as the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but he's still not... I, I would say he's not a super proficient strap puller compared to the rest of his game. Mm-hmm. And and I will say that young Blue Bowen is technically very good and I'll also say exceptional in the strap. And, and I'll tell you, that boy is full-time, okay? Like... Blue trains all out every day, pushing forward. And his, like, when you look at his trajectory, his trajectory is very steep. Okay. Oh, without question. Yeah. So, so don't think like, oh, he's this, he's that. No, look at his trajectory and, and think, okay, um, you give him a few more months. Uh, six six months, eight months. Uh, I think that that's going to be a match that we're all going to be paying very close attention to when it happens. And I think that Blue is actually the best chance of guys in the current roster to beat RVJ. Well, it's interesting you say look at his trajectory because he has he's come from that sort of lower level, flown up really quick. But he was saying the other day on one of his videos online that he's now into the hard gain section because he's got to a level of strength where suddenly your your increments become leaner, much smaller, much, much more drawn out. We all know that. Now, Rob Bidget Jr. is an interesting kettle of fish for me all the time because he's just lacked that commitment, that drive, that focus for arm wrestling. He's always been the guy with the God-given gimmick. You know, He's just got it. It's there. I yeah. mean... You know, if you look at the physical design of Rob Bidgent Jr., he's designed for arm wrestling. In fact, he's probably designed for a couple of things. He, I mean, if he ever like went into, you know, sniffing drugs or something like that, he's probably <laughs> a world champion at that because dude's got a nose on, on him. I mean, in fact, most uh, Rob, when I spoke to Rob and I spoke to Rob's wife, I said every appendage on this guy's body's like big, and she's like, yeah, absolutely. She was like really underlining that fact. Surprised you brought that up, Neil. So unlike you. Yeah. We we uh we we went out funnily enough that night after the tournament and Ro- I, I when when Rob was gripping up with the guys and I'm talking mixed mixed size fellas you know you could see that every single one of them couldn't get near the size of his hand his hand is massive for a middleweight yeah and he's also got that long forearm he's got good strength in a top roll he's got very very solid wrist 
no I mean, question, no question, RVJ is the most dominant middleweight of this generation to come mm. out of the United States. I, I just think that uh, every once in a while, you need a wake-up call. And I think that Blue might be RVJ's wake-up call. Ladies and gents, we got to take a short break just there, but pour yourself one, do not run away. Come right back and sit down again for the second half of the show. We'll see you in just a few. Welcome back, guys. Let's get straight back into the mix with tonight's guest, No Limits, Devin Larratt. This is the way I see it. Okay, and I've spoken to Rob about this quite a lot as well. I, I, I'm a massive fan of Rob. I mean, it's just, um, I'm a massive fan of, like you, say, like you say, I'm a massive fan of Blue Bowen as well. I love both those guys. But one thing I would say about the whole Rob Vidge and everybody can beat him situation, now we're not, not, no joke. I think there's a real opportunity here for the guys who are below Rob at the moment in the rankings on the roster and those who aren't to to just sort of separate fact from fiction a little bit amongst themselves. I mean, for example, if I throw a couple of match opportunities out there right now that I love, you know, um, I like Paul Lynn versus Ryan Bowen. Well, I think that that's a much better match. And because like, exactly like you said, there's a whole bunch of guys who are chomping at RVJ. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good idea to thin the pack a bit. Uh, RBJ is clearly the guy. He's clearly the guy. So, yeah, I would totally agree. Both Paul and Ryan are great candidates for a shot at that yep. spot. So, yeah, put them together. Now, Ryan was angling for the match with Justin Bishop. So there's a strong possibility that that comes up on the radar. Yeah, you know? that's that's rematch. That's, that's payback. Um I'll tell you, I'm actually more interested in in Paul. Uh, I am. Yeah, I just because I've never seen them pull. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, Paul's another one of those guys on that trajectory. Now, here's here's another one for you, right? What about Brendan Lemon? Okay, against Philip. Oof, wow. Wow, I'll tell you. Don't say who. Don't. Yeah, he's that kid out of uh, Slovakia. He's the guy I always talk about, the super athletic. I didn't hear it, the name. Yeah. Um, wow, you know what? I'll tell you, <clears throat> I've seen a lot of talent come over the years. I think that Flip is probably one of the most talented athletes that I've seen come onto, onto the arm, into the arm wrestling world. Um, mm -hmm. I think that this kid has everything okay that's that's my opinion of flip uh circle cruise um i i think he's the full complete package brennan i know very well okay brennan has grown up in the ottawa high hookers uh technically he is insane okay he's probably instinctively more aggressive in the table and setup than Probably anybody on the high hooker roster. Mm. Um, he's and he's a great got a gang of confidence. I mean, he does, and 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 rightly so, and rightly deserved because he hasn't backed away from any challenge uh, locally in Canada. 
he's not only beat everybody in his weight class, uh, he's beaten like big dudes too. Uh, Brennan has got an awesome reputation up here in Canada. Basically, the only guy around here who can do anything with him, probably, is, is maybe me. Uh, and that's just because I'm stronger than him. Uh, technically, he's right there. He's, he's brilliant. Uh, yeah, and, he, and and Brennan is like uh, 17 years old. <laughs> so let me get <laughs> yeah, he's still on his paper round. Uh, let me well, <laughs> one of the so let me get this straight. There are some strong there's some strong boys in Canada, you know. Yes, Let's yeah, talk, I mean even even and and some really strong heavyweights. Yep. No. So let's say I'm going to throw a few names out. Could Brandon beat Jeff? Um. Ooh, Jeff's a bad dude too. Yeah, uh, just Jeff always of all the high hookers, he's like the most understated guy in the world. Yeah, he and really yet it's always a really diligent puller. He goes yeah. to tournaments, big tournaments, and he shows well. Yes, yeah. Jeff is one of those guys that you want to go to a tournament with because you can always bet on him and nobody knows who he is. Nobody. Uh, who he is. Yeah. yeah. They're like, who yeah. the hell is that guy? And he's smacking people, often people that are bigger than him. And I also love Jeff because Jeff's a little bit like me. Jeff doesn't look like he's just come out of, you know, uh, Venice Beach. Jeff no. looks like he's just come out of the chip shop. Yeah. You yeah. Know? That Jeff's yeah. that guy. And I love, you know, I'm all about the fatties. Yeah. Yeah. When Jeff gets his stuff together, uh, he's really difficult. He's one of those athletes that you know trains religiously like all the time every day so he's normally pretty busted up at practice mm. uh, but when he gives himself time to rest and heal and come together uh yeah jeff's tough to beat man uh and he's very smart in the setup he's not like brennan where he's super aggressive uh jeff is much more methodical it's a good match but yeah never see that i yeah that's the thing no, I don't even like to think about it because they're both high hookers and it's like your kids having a fist fight. The yeah, ancient you don't really want to see it. Yeah. yeah. What about, I mean, I'm just trying to get a bead on how strong you've got Brendan at the moment. Brendan Lemon. Can he, could he do anything with Ian, with Carnegie? <laughs> yeah, he could. Wow. Uh, Left-handed, I, I would say probably smack him and the thing is, is Brendan has beaten Ian on the regular. Okay. okay. So yeah, he does. He goes to the tournament and he'll beat and he'll beat him. But mm -hmm. let me tell you, all Ian does <laughs> is, is burn his energy, like doing all sorts of ridiculous things. If, yeah. if Ian actually could get his, you know, world together for two weeks mm -hmm. and get, and get Brendan in the straps, he, he'll probably be all right. Cause you have to remember, Ian basically raised Brennan. Okay, there's a yep. few guys who raised him. Evan, Brennan is raised by Ian Carnegie, Evan Burgoyne. I mean, that just makes me laugh. That yeah. Evan Burgoyne. I mean, Evan Burgoyne. If you took Evan Burgoyne, you know, I hear these stories like a, you know, a boy raised by a pack of wolves. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you went and spoke to like Mummy Wolf and you said, like, you know, we're gonna take a cub and let Evan be, Wolf be like that. You, yeah. No, yeah, you know yeah. what? What it does? It yeah. drinks all day and yeah. fights and yeah. other stuff. Evan's 
Evan is brilliant, brilliant arm wrestler. Uh, you probably couldn't have a better guy to um, have have, uh, have have as your teacher. Um, so yeah. Evan's good at anything that involves being remotely manly. I mean, if you like, you know, say you're on some icy fucking lake in the middle of Canada and your dinghy gets a puncture, and you like have to paddle to shore, and just as you get to shore, you go, oh my god, there's bears and all sorts of stuff out here, and you'd be like, Evan, what are we going to do? And Evan be like, crack out a pen knife and build a log cabin in an hour and a half. He yeah. get, that's the kind of guy that I see in Evan with a beard. He, um, he reminds me a little bit of Tom Nelson. Mm-hmm. A little bit. He's got a million brothers, uh, strong family, and they all put arm wrestling kind of in its right place. Mm-hmm. When you say reminds you a lot of, of Tom, is that you know is that 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 sort of criminal insanity thing? Well, I mean, there's Tom on the internet who most people know, and then there's Tom in real life who's yeah. Oh, Tom's really, a great dude. Yeah, Love he's him. a fiercely loyal, family-oriented, lovely bloke, scrapper. Oh, he's ace. I mean, yeah. that's one of the things you've got to love about Tom the most. You know, yeah. restomp the groin. Right. Yeah, I mean that is a I love him. Yeah. Absolutely so, love him. Yeah, and don't and don't like I mean when you read things on the internet, uh, you know, it's not exactly like that in real no. life. But also I'm gonna go on record as saying I think Tom Nelson's great in World Arm Wrestling League or any other promotion that he's ever in. Yeah. Because if you want entertaining characters, that is a real life entertaining character. Tom Nelson is one of the most entertaining people. I think I've ever met. Yeah, Tom's great. And he, and, and he reminds me a lot of Evan. Ev, because I've spent a lot of time with both of them. They're, mm-hmm. they're definitely cut from the same cloth. And both men are good lefties as well. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Both yeah. good lefties. I mean, I have no idea how we got onto this thread. I think we were talking about who Brendan could whack. Yeah. Yeah. So Brendan- we're not talking, we're not talking, you know, he's not going to get up to the upper echelon supers like Espy. For example, someone like that, he's not going to deal with that. Uh, those lads. No, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. So, if you look at uh, the landscape right now in the heavyweight division, okay, mm. let's talk about closer to home, the heavies. Obviously, Michael, relatively uncontested outside of Jerry in recent times. But when we were speaking the other day, you said that. The next time around, you feel like you may be better equipped to deal with Mike. Is that just technical learning and advancement on your part, mate? Do you think you've progressed a great deal in this sort of last season? Well, the same way as uh, I just think that when you get a loss, it can be very healthy. Um, normally, a loss will make you grow much more than the win. And mm-hmm. I've been gifted the loss. So. Uh, I can only assume that my growth has been fueled more from that match that we had than he was. So I got the lesson, the last match. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and I, and I haven't ever let it leave me. I've been very, uh, you know, accepting of the lessons that Michael taught me. I've, I've not tried to make any excuse about any of the things that happened. Uh, and I think that I've been addressing the issues uh, where I feel I had them 
since the match happened. And I think I'm now at a point where I'm, I'm ready to throw my hat back in the ring with them because I believe I'm now equipped to win the match. Now, if you were to sort of look at the timescales involved in um, getting a match back on with Mike, are you looking, I mean, this is based on the fact that uh, everybody assumes we're going to see World Arm Wrestling League crack off 600 series, probably March, April 2020. Mm. Is Would you want the match early in the season or do you see yourself having another match, a couple of matches maybe through the season and then cracking into Mike? Where, where, where's your ideal? Well, the way I see it is, um, okay, so with Michael, he beat Dave yeah. uh, easily. Who, yes, he did. And, and I actually see Dave. Shocking, actually. Yeah, Shocking. yeah, right, yeah. And, and uh, yes, he had a great match with uh, Jerry, who he always does have great matches with. Yeah. A lot of that is Styles. And I'll tell you, I really do believe that Jerry can actually beat Michael the next time that they pull. Uh, I, I really do believe that. I believe that the next time they arm wrestle, Jerry will beat Michael. Wow. Um, but, but I do believe also that Michael rightfully won uh, in September. And I think that everything was called correctly. And, uh, mm. um, but so, and then when you go after that, so if you say Jerry, um, Jerry, uh, Dave, myself, after that, I don't think with the current list of names, there's a match that I'd get really excited about for Michael. I think that unless you want to give Jerry another shot at Michael, which I, I could understand. Oh, I, I would look. I mean, I, I think there's so much fuel for that argument, yeah. and, you know, and, and because of what happened. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. But I'll tell you, I think there's also a very strong argument for me to be up next against them. Uh, I, I, I had, I didn't, I didn't take a loss last season. I've, beating everybody and I'm rolling all the world around the world, crushing people. So uh, I think I'm in a good place to take that shot. I would take it the first opportunity that uh, it was offered to me now. Um, I think that for me, like my next match, I feel like it's, it's gotta be Michael right-handed. It, it has to be. Now, I would love, and we'll try and set up a situation where we have yourself, Jerry, and Mike on the on the call on the podcast at the same time, just to sort of discuss how that would work and how well, you guys see it. Because the, there's an interesting styles make matches thing yeah, going on there. Here, here's the here's the thing. The the problem is is Jerry can't hold the hammer. That's the problem. Uh, he can't. He basically can beat Michael, but he historically has never ever beaten Dave. And I think it's a terrible matchup, and I think Dave Chafee crushes Jerry Cataret, and it's just that simple. We've uh, gone to the same place. This is what I was just going to – I was just saying, there's a Styles make matches thing here. Right. And, and the and, Styles make matches thing here is that Jerry is is is, is poison for Mike in so many yeah, ways. Right. Has a, probably the best chance of the chasing crop outside of yourself, certainly, of beating Mike in the current roster. That's not putting – Gennady right. Quickbeanie, Artem Erif, right. um, uh, you know, whoever comes over from uh, the, the, the outside of the current roster. But on the yeah. current roster, he's got the best chance. And yet, 
you bring Dave Chafee back into the mix, and that's a scary proposal. Right. And that's the thing. And I think that uh, I don't think that Jerry will ever beat me over, over the course of, of five matches either. I, I think that you put Jerry in front of me. I think it's a much easier, not, I don't want to say much, but I think that uh, the answer to Jerry is easier for me than the answer for Michael. Mm-hmm. And so, is that because of the height, the length of the arm? Um, is that how you I see think it? That people just, uh, you know, we we both have technical ranges, and I don't see you going kings with Jerry. Is what the point no, I'm making? I see you no, standing up. Yeah, just like I did last time. Uh, I would I would play a strong inside game. I'd have the option to top roll. I would never want to open too much in my top roll, but with Jerry, I feel like I have hand advantage. And I actually can play a decent shoulder game with them as well. So, uh, and hook to hook, uh, I think I'm just fine with them also. So, yeah, that, that puts me technically ahead of him. Michael is sticky. Michael's got those spots. And if you can't secure a high hand, uh, you're left with a flopper's press, which for Jerry is just great. For me, it's not my best weapon. So, uh, for, for, for me with Michael, I have basically one uh win point which is which will be a struggle no doubt and the other one is a desperation play um which who knows i mean maybe i can wore that one out too but uh yeah i i want to pull michael in april that's i think that that's going to be the season opener that's my guess but if it's march if it's may either way i i'll tell you i want him first match right out of the gates Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, we got to call time on it there and wrap things up for one more episode. Great to have Devin Larratt joining us for tonight's show. And I want to thank him and all of you for once again taking the time. And we hope you will again, same time, next time, right here on the World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself, Neil Pickup. Take it easy, peeps. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and Wagering Week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.